Hello and welcome to the Dustin Eric Podcast Show brought to you by Mimosa Networks. Hi, I'm Dustin. And I'm Eric. Today we're on episode number 24, Link Budgets. What are they and why are they important to the work I'm trying to do? Like, seriously, I already spent enough money on wireless equipment. Why do I have to budget any more money for designing a Link too? Um, I don't think that's what Link Budgets are. No. No. What, what, no, um, we're talking about RF, connecting. What's it take as far as signal and to get a... a, a to link two points of a long-distance radio link. Without them failing. Without them yeah, failing. Yeah, so we're not talking about money today. Um, right. No, but you are talking about budgets. We are, but but not money budgets. Well, very similar idea, though. Oh, okay. Well, you'll be able to explain that in a moment. So our special budgets. guest today, who's already chiming in, Varden Amiri, oh. and he is the king of mimosa. Wow. So Congratulations. Thank, so thanks for being on the show today, King of Mimosa. Thank you for having me. Uh, Varden, so tell us a little bit about what you do for those who don't know who you are already. So I'm a senior sales engineer here with Mimosa. I basically help and support the uh, sales organization from a technical perspective. So I help them with link budgets is one of the things I help them out with. And so I thought you'd be a perfect addition to the show today. And uh, again, I appreciate you being here. I like the word perfect. Perfect. Mm. King of Mimosa. All right, so let's go ahead and yeah, so let's go ahead and move into our main course today, which is link budgets. So this is how you make a mimosa. Uh, oh wait, how did this get in here? That's funny. Um, wouldn't that wouldn't that be the main course? This is the main course. Mimosas. All right. All right. A quarter cup orange juice and three quarter cup champagne chilled. Extra uh, pulp on that juice. Uh, extra pulp. Okay, so that's totally not part of the show. So anyway, link budget. Wait, everyone in Silicon Valley runs on. Alcohol. alcohol. Yes. Who here in this building does not drink alcohol? Unless you run on batteries. Except King Varden, who only drinks Bud Light Lime. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So link budget is the sum of power gains and losses between a transmitter and a receiver. The receiver must have adequate signal strength to properly interpret the message. So for those that are watching from home, We've got a cool little graph here, or little graphic here that shows you all that's taken into account of link budget. But the link budget takes in transmit power, which is DBM, cable loss in DB, uh, transmit in, or TX antenna gain from the antenna you have attached or the integrated antenna, DBI, uh, free space path loss, which is the loss uh, between point A and point B. Uh, of course, that increases as distance increases. Or as frequency increases, we see the losses uh, increase. Right. Mm -hmm. You have atmospheric loss. Uh, you have rain fade. Uh, ambient loss. Uh, RX antenna gain. RX cable loss. And this all culminates into received power, uh, DVM. And for those people who actually make their own cables and they're not so great at making cables, you may want to put connector loss in there as well. Sure. That's right. And adapters and things like that. Adapters uh, con and RF connectors at the end of the lines can contribute to, say, depend on the frequency, maybe a third of a dB, maybe yeah. a half. Sure. And uh, yeah. well, you always have the option to buy uh, pre-connectorized cables as well. I believe Mimosa ships those with their antennas, don't they? We do. We have some really awesome LMR240 cables that go with the N545X2s, X4s, and the N5360. With built-in uh, little uh, rubber boots. Perfect. And they slide right on and, and perfectly weatherproof your, your cable. But, of course, you can do your own weatherproofing as well. It's completely up to you. Yep, yep. And for on the on the uh, the slide here, we see pluses and minuses. So we can take we have pluses like how much transmit power. So that's that's bonus energy. That's energy. That's a plus number. 
Uh, and, and tenant gain, we, we've got a plus there. We, we can add that as a gain uh, and, and such. And uh, the, receiver, the receiver gain as well. And then there's minuses. So you'll, you'll come up to some value. You'll have values there, a sum of things. And then we're going to insert, have insertion losses and other things that we can subtract from those, that positive number. That so we're doing got. a lot of adding right. and subtracting. Yeah, just number. simple pluses and some minuses in this case. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the big factors is uh, the thermal noise floor. So that is the sum of noise sources in the environment. So this takes into account thermal noise, cosmic, and atmospheric. Uh, the effects of noise on radio transmission depends on temperature, bandwidth, and antenna directionality. So, uh, Varden, why don't you tell me a little bit about noise floor and why that's so important to the link budget? Well, uh, you want to have a very low noise floor. So the lower the noise floor, the uh, higher the signal-to-noise ratio. So basically, you want your radiated signal to be a lot stronger than the actual noise floor. So basically the better SNR, so the signal to noise, uh, will give you basically a higher SNR, thus giving you higher uh, modulation. Thus, if you have a higher modulation, it uh, means you can pass more traffic over the link. Okay, since you're talking mm -hmm. about SNR, uh, Eric, do you have any good examples on how to describe SNR in a different setup or scenario than just RF? Uh, I was going to go on, on your, your line there. And it's a, it's a, a you notice how I'm louder than Eric? That's a better SNR. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a better signal. And then actually when we're not speaking, there's yeah. the noise floor. Right. So, and then, so here, here's the floor. It's quiet except for a little fan there. And here's usable information up here. So this is, this is up here. The difference from the lowest signal, the usable, the positive signal, and that f average floor the sum is the ratio or the difference, be uh, the signal-to-noise ratio, that's the difference. And for those of you who can't see Eric doing all of his hand gestures and the picture that we have here oh. of two diners in a restaurant with the headphones on. Yeah. Um, so, Just, I mean, you, you mentioned mimosa before, right? Mm -hmm. And talked about alcohol, and that's all relating to bars. So mm -hmm. a lot of you go to bars and have a drink. Yeah. You notice when there's a lot of people right. chatting and talking and you want to talk to the friend that sits right next to you and you mm -hmm. got to speak louder yeah well just assume everybody else is a noise yeah so therefore you raise your volume to basically get a better signal to noise and the noise is the rest of the crowd in the bar and and all and that noise even with your your buddies sitting to the left and right of you they could be they're almost at the same noise floor so there is no almost no separation so it's very difficult to understand or get intelligible Yep. useful information so they were yelling so, and we're competing with the floor there you know how people cup their hands over their ears yeah you're basically in increasing your receiver you signal strength you're you're upping your antenna gain basically hey, so you can forming? hear better is that beam forming um Audionic beam forming <laughs> yeah abf or you do two hands one on each ear oh. to doubly increase wow. your antenna 3db so it, it definitely increases what you can hear um, mm -hmm. You can hear your friends better in the bar. That's or what we want. We want to squeeze so. every bit of information and separate uh, that information from the, the floor. Yeah. So right. since we're talking about SNR, there are things that actually uh, causes your modulation rates to drop or to increase as well. So of course you want to aim for the highest modulation rate to best combat, you know, uh, signal to noise ratios so you want to try and up your gain but there's things here that that decrease that so low power and low gain mm -hmm. so long distance so free space path loss mm -hmm. uh, obstructions on the link 
Uh, you also have fade sources like rain or snow. Mm -hmm. uh, you also have other nearby radios that can cause fade. And then the biggest and hardest one to combat, which is ducting, which is temperature inversions over valleys or over water, which we, we have a 56-mile link that we've talked about a lot in the past that is mainly over water. So we, we see a lot of uh, uh, temperature inversions on that link yeah, as well. So, you know, we get in, on the 56-mile link, you know, we've got, we've got an, an envelope of energy on point A and then B, and everything's fine, and then we'll have a, a thermal, a two different uh, uh, temperature, an inversion, we'll have two different temperature uh, uh, layers and that that signal gets is caught in that thermal layer and then we see a direct shot between on the link and we'll also see some phase issues we'll see some of that energy bounce or reflect within that that thermal duct from point a to b and so there's some phasing things sometimes that helps uh, propagates the signal a little better and other times it uh, it certainly it, attenuates it so there's all kinds of things and we'll see the performance uh, often suffer uh, for that right so uh, earlier we mentioned atmosphere atmospheric losses, so water vapor and oxygen in the atmosphere become excited at their resonant frequencies and absorb energy. So once you get above 5 gigahertz, the effect becomes increasingly mm -hmm. significant. Beyond 20 gigahertz, the effect is severe. So which is it? Is it 70 or 80 that resonates on the same frequency as oxygen? Is yeah. it absorbed by it? 72-ish or 3? Is that no, somewhere it's, in it's there? It's about 60. Where is it? At? Oh, is it, it down 60? 60? Yeah. Okay. There's the water. There's a water yeah. table. This this affects uh, those those upper uh, yeah. millimeter waves. That's and also, and if you you get into uh, fiber optics or optical transmissions, we'll see uh, the water table come in there too. There's some hot spots that just attack signal. So that's so why it's when all related when yeah. your signal yeah. uh, or when your your frequency goes higher up, the shorter the distance you can make your link unless you have a huge uh, like antenna or you increase your, your gain or your transmit power by a lot. But it, you still shrink your distance as you go up higher in frequency because of oxygen or water absorption. Yeah, the, the, wave, the, the wavelength gets uh, smaller, so we see, uh, we see these wavelengths get shrink, shrink, and get really pinpoint. But there's things that happen, uh, happen up there. And that's uh, like this. It approaches these, uh, these water areas and tables, and, uh, and we see uh, different, different uh, atmospherics uh, attacking or attenuating these uh, signals that we need. And as you go down lower in frequency, uh, you don't see as much as uh, the, this type of stuff. Right. So. so one more thing we'll talk about here is the bandwidth effect. So in theory, as SNR or channel width increases, data capacity increases, but you also get increased noise floor and the potential to encounter more interference across that channel. So these two items will definitely uh, cause lower SNRs and uh, smaller channel widths will increase uh, the SNR values for you so you have a, a larger gap between your signal and your noise floor. So if you have problems with low signal levels or you're having problems with your SNR. Maybe tighten the bandwidth up a little. Right, shrink. you would shrink your channel width to help increase that. So here's an example uh, using the Mimosa design tool which we go in and automatically calculate the link budget for you. Uh, so if you're looking at this from home, we have a, a 2 by 80 uh, setup here in the design tool, and it calculates everything. You can see that your SNR value is only at 48 dB for this particular link. Um, the only thing we change on the next slide is we change that from a 2 by 80 to a 1 by 20. 
and you can see how your SNR increases to 57 dB on that link. So you can see just how severely mm. using 20 megahertz over 160 megahertz of spectrum mm. can increase the noise floor or, de or decrease the noise floor for you. And obviously you kept all the other parameters the same. Right, everything else is exactly anything. the same. We just changed the channel width. Right. Yeah. So uh, Varden, if we were to design a link budget, um, what margins are we looking for? Like what's the, what's the goal? So the goal is basically, as the whole purpose of this podcast is basically budget. So um, the goal is, what are you trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's a distance, there's TX power, there's a lot of, you know, variables there that need to be adjusted. And, you know, we here in the United States need to abide by the FCC rules. So based on the FCC rules, based on basically the amount of capacity we need, the antenna gains and all that, we go through the pluses and minuses you discussed or through the Mimosa network design tool mm -hmm. and we can come to a link budget that is provided. And the SNR that is given, it basically reflects the modulation that you can operate in. So typically if you want to operate at 256 QAM 56, which is the highest order modulation, you need to ensure an SNR greater than 28. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you get more than 28, uh, you should be able to operate at the highest order modulation. Now, if your link budget calculation, you know, demonstrates somehow, you know, or for whatever reason, like 20 dB SNR, mm -hmm. therefore you will drop in terms of modulation. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful is that as the SNR drops uh, closer and closer to five or below five means basically you're losing link. Now, keep one thing in mind that all this is based on the received sensitivity of the radio. So having said all that, you want to ensure if you need 28 dB to operate in 20, uh, 256 QAM 5.6, you need to add a little bit more margin to that for the reason of you get pointing errors, uh, you may get you know some kind of additional loss in the cables and all that. So once you take all that into consideration, you may want to calculate 5 to 10 dB additional margin. And where can we, we get that? Maybe antenna gain, increase antenna size? Or you antenna can increase gain? antenna size if you TX. have room for TX power. Every area that Dustin demonstrated before on the plus and minuses, the, mm -hmm. the first, I think, three or four slides, you want to try to increase the pluses and minimize the minuses. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Varden, should I or customers design their links with uh, the the best possible link or the worst possible link then so they can better prepare for their uh, deployment? Well, especially in the unlicensed band, you always want to basically over-design your link because you really don't know what's out there until you go out there in terms of noise. Mm -hmm. So you want to basically... Spectrum uh, analysis uh, or if you can look at... Or you can just basically it. start off if, if you know that, you know, a, let's say, you know, 15 dBi or 16 dBi antenna would be sufficient. You know, go ahead with a 25 dBi. This gives you an additional 10 dBi on each end of the link in terms of margin. Right. So you're, you're putting some, uh, a little bit of uh, a padding in there. Yeah. Yep. In the, in the design. Always better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. Yep. So is there anything else that the either either of you two want to add to this before we finish up? Is there anything that we missed that you want to, you know, add additional or anything else you want to cover? Um, We've got, well, we have uh, white papers. We have... Uh, some video podcast on it. It's on the help, on the uh, backhaul uh, help sections. Mm -hmm. um, and just the same stuff. Yep. Um, and then come into chat. Uh, we, we, talk, uh, we talk budget and optimal uh, link performance uh, daily. Yeah, so. come in the chat. We'll, we'll give you Varden's personal uh, <laughs> uh, address, phone number, uh, personal email. 
Uh, any way to con contact him on the weekends and ask him questions. No worries. I'm always traveling to customer sites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of you guys that oh, watch this, you might actually recognize Varden and I. We, we've both gone to customer sites together a lot, and uh, Varden does a lot more travel than I do, so you never know. You might see him uh, sooner or later. So yeah. uh, Frequent flyer. But anyway, all right, guys. Well, I guess that's it for episode 24. Uh, catch us next time awesome. on episode 25. Thanks, Varden. Thank, Thank you, Thank you Varden. very much, guys. Yeah, Thanks cool. for having me. Thanks for Excellent. watching. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Please hit the subscribe or follow button to stay up to date with our latest podcast, which will be available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.